In the last two episodes, we have talked about having our kids come when called. But what do you do when your kids are older and they don't come when they're called? Today's episode is to help you navigate that. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. With a special hello to all you dads that are listening. Father's Day is coming up this weekend, and I'm so glad you're here. Today I want to read a dedication in a book The book is Making Flex Work by Wendy Cock. She was the 15th interview that I had ever done on the language of play. And I was picking up her book to read it just this weekend, and I thought, that is a beautiful dedication at the beginning of the book. She writes, I dedicate this book to my dad, who never got the chance to read it, but would have single-handedly purchased enough copies to put it on the New York Times bestseller list, if he'd had the opportunity. It is just such a beautiful tribute to the love of her father that she knew was there and he supported her along the way, even as he wasn't. So to you dads, I want you to know that your impact in your child's life is immeasurably important and they're glad to have you and they want you and they want to be near you, even when it doesn't seem like it. They do. Now, if you would like to have some further support in any of the topics that we have talked about so far in these 55 episodes, or if you have something else you want to talk about, that's what parent coaching is. It is getting professional insight into figuring out how are some sustainable and good ways that you can solve the issues you have in your home. Now, I know we all have issues. That's why we help each other. So check out my Facebook community. In the show notes below, you will find a link. And also, there's a link to contact me and schedule a time that we can meet and discuss whether or not I'm a good fit for you. Now, let's get into today's episode, where we will talk about how to teach come to our older children. Now, in the last few times, we've talked on short episodes regarding ways to teach our children to come, ways to get their attention and get their compliance more happily, more readily, and what it is that they are thinking and how it is that the child's brain thinks. Today, we're going to specifically focus on older kiddos. 
So I'm going to start with a story. A few years back, I had done some international travel with my children. And as these stories continued to emerge, my friend's kids said to me, We want to go! We want to travel with you! And I heard myself spill out of my mouth, I'm not taking you in an airport. And their jaws dropped open, and I was immediately a little aback from what it is that I had said, because everybody at the table just looked at me. And I said, you need to come when you're called before I'm going to ever take you into an airport. Now, these children at the time were 9 to 13 years old. They should have easily known how to come when called. But the most common thing that they said to me when I gave them an instruction was, why do I need to do that? And come in an airport doesn't allow you time to explain. After they come is when you get to explain. Because if you are doing travel like that, we know that sometimes our flights are, are booked too tight and so you have to get from one gate to the next. Maybe there's a dangerous situation. You just need them to come when called. And that's that. So we went on this learning journey where I said to them, you don't do what it is that I say when I say it, so I will not take you traveling with me. Well, that began them becoming curious on what it is that I meant, and so I explained to them in detail, and then I said, I'll start pointing it out. And so over and over, I showed them where it is that they did not do what I said the first time. The oldest one had the hardest time. That was the 13-year-old. Because when I gave any instructions, she would want to know why. And if I told her why, she would have a rebuttal. She wasn't exactly in an eager-to-please stage in her life. Whereas the 9-year-olds were more easily able to be brought back to that easy-to-please type of mentality. Over time... The kids' parents and I talked about traveling to Mexico together. And I said to the parents in front of the kids, do not take these kids to Mexico until they listen the first time you tell them to do something. He already knew this was a problem, and we had been talking about this over and over, and he agreed. That was the point where we started to really work on things together. We began to play games. Games where I would give an instruction once, and they knew that their job was going to be to practice basic German shepherd, which meant come sit and stay. Now, they were old enough to know that this was no compliment, yet they also knew that I was willing to take them to an airport if they would comply. I did not want to have a safety issue happen that could be avoided because they knew how to obey in that kind of situation. That was their incentive. They wanted to take this trip. They wanted to do a cool, fun adventure, and they wanted to go on an airplane. So the older your children get, your incentives can be bigger. And what it is that they will learn, if you hold your guns, is that the trip is not even booked until they prove themselves. So the games that we had were random at any given time. And they, I warned them completely. And I said, spontaneously, I'm going to give you instructions until you guys can do them all the time, spontaneously. 
And then you may ask after the instruction, and I'll tell you why. So we started surprising the kids with the direction. Come. Stand behind me. Sit on the ground. Run up the stairs. Get milk out of the fridge. Whatever it is. And they would have these practices of following directions. It took months. The kids were not used to having immediate compliance. But when they did have immediate compliance, we celebrated. And when they asked why, every time we said, it's German Shepherd practice. Eventually, when they were used to doing that, we upped the ante where there would be a winner, and the winner would be the first one to comply without asking a question. So that would be like maybe we're at the store, and they're all scattering in the store looking at different things. You say, kids, come. And the first one to comply without question was the winner, and then everybody had to give that person a high five and say, good job. The goal was a rapid response. The goal was rapid attention. The goal was increasing their accuracy. Their goal was to compile directions sometimes because these were older children. The goal was to do it with a sweet spirit. And as the kids got more and more practiced at this, the games became more enjoyable for them. So let's review how it is that we did that. That's essentially the same idea as these last episodes, it just looks different with older kids. But essentially, it is the same if they haven't learned to come when they're told to come or to comply immediately. We turn it into a game. We turn it into something we practice. We consider it a skill and we teach it like a skill. So the same idea. First, getting their attention, reminding them of what those rewards are. That helps them to have incentive, doesn't it? We had to remind the older kids that we are practicing basic German Shepherd because it's a missed skill. Not that it's a failure of their character. It was a skill that they had not developed yet. And of course, the next one is to celebrate. Those one-second celebrations are super important. We can be happy. We can give them a clear target. We can have fun while doing it to let them know, I like when you do this, whatever this is. And then we repeat with increasing difficulty. And so again, the, the basic idea of what I explained in depth with younger ones in the last episodes are the same things that we do with older ones. We just add to it that we're going to let them know this is a skill. It's not a character flaw. It's not something that is bad about them. But this is a skill to learn the way they are learning to cook or the way they're learning to use a hammer, or whatever it is that you're teaching them at the age and stage that your child is at now, this is also a skill. And if they miss a skill, which all of us have missed skills, I got to adulthood missing lots of skills. All of us have. But this is an important one if you want to be able to go places and have life be a little bit more joyful, a little bit more happy, a little more peaceful, and to be able to be productive. So as you teach these skills, remember that kids come at these skills differently. In my example, the nine-year-old was able to come easily to the game part of learning basic German Shepherd a lot faster. The 13-year-old had a harder time not taking it personally. 
This is very understandable. If you have a child that is older yet, like 15, 14, and beyond, and you're having a hard time with the compliance, this probably is only a tip of the iceberg, and you've got other issues that are beyond the scope of this particular episode, but there are ways to bring in respect, to bring in compliance, to bring in a relationship piece of it. And a large part of that is going to be having to do with changing the parenting in order to help the child. But that is a topic for a different episode. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At